Welcome back to the All Personal Podcast, where we turn the good old saying, nothing personal, just business, upside down, and prove how, in fact, it's all personal. Nothing is just business. Because it's how we use our personal skills every day that makes us happy, both at home or at work. And here we go to prove that learning is not an event, but a habit. My guest today is Jennifer Trask, who is an entrepreneur and mindset coach, and who since 2012 has been helping driven entrepreneurs build powerhouse mindsets that enable them to take massive action built on incredible courage, confidence, and clarity that gets big results. After her first business failed, Jennifer overcame her own limiting beliefs and was able to successfully create a full-time digital coaching and advising practice. With clients on five continents, Jennifer is passionate about helping entrepreneurs who are creating positive change for our people and planet. As an international speaker, she has spoken in Canada, the US and Australia. Jennifer has a Bachelor of Commerce in Marketing and an MBA in International Business. She has been featured in the Huffington Post, the award-winning book Living College Life in the Front Row by celebrated coach John Roman, in the Inspired Coach magazine and the Upwork Digital Nomad series. When she is not traveling the globe, and she's been to 27 countries so far and counting, Jennifer calls Toronto, Canada home. And that's where the two of us also met when I invited her to be my guest on the All Personal Podcast. She said, send me the link and let's do this. So here we go. Jennifer, welcome. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Oh, and I'm so happy to have you here. I mean, I've been waiting for this moment for such a long time. I mean, <laughs> well, God, uh, her, Roxanna. Yeah. <laughs> I better deliver the goods. <laughs> I know you will. Uh, because, come on, I mean, I have to say, we met back in January this year, it was, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, ever since we stayed in touch, and uh, I've been part of some of your programs, some mm-hmm. of your coaching programs and challenges that you've done. And um, so I benefited from some of the work that you do. Mm-hmm. And you know, the way we're talking about recording a podcast together. So here we are. I'm so happy. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'm happy too. Okay. So I know that, okay, you're now a mindset coach and we're going to talk about that. But Mm -hmm. I, what I want to know is, first of all, how did you get to become a mindset coach? Um, What, what, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you can give like a, a background in a nutshell. I, I have a background in a nutshell answer, actually. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> the very short version of this long story 
is um, I became an entrepreneur 10 years ago. And so what's ironic actually is what inspired me to become an entrepreneur was being at my first self-help event. And I saw this amazing speaker speak and I was, I was enthralled with his ability to uh, capture the enthusiasm of the whole crowd, which was 5,000 people at the time and get them excited about living their best life. I'm like, my God, it's like a rock concert in here, but it's not music. It's not drugs. It's like high on life. And (laughs) yeah. And I remember thinking when I actually, it wasn't a thinking thought. It was a feeling. I remember feeling this is what I am supposed to do for the rest of my life. Like it was one of those moments where if you were a character in a movie and the movie sort of spotlights the character and everything else around them slows down in slow motion. Oh, okay. Yeah. I felt like it was one of those moments. And the speaker, of course, was Tony Robbins, um, who can magnetize a room like nobody I've ever seen. Um, But, you know, I just remember that was what I was enthralled with. And that led me on this now decade long journey. And I started in network marketing. And in an effort to try to build that business, I learned, I was learning online marketing, internet marketing. And I was also networking and making friends because I was uh, entrepreneurial friends, I should say, because, you know, I had my degree and I had been traveling for a couple of years and I had a, a quote unquote real job uh, mm-hmm. and had gone back to school to get my master's in business. And so I hadn't really broken ground in terms of a, a career or really did anything of significance in, in that in that regard. And and so I found it very difficult to build my business because I had no influence, you know? (laughs) Okay. Right. But what was happening, what was good was uh, I was learning these skills. So I was teaching my entrepreneurial friends what I was learning about Facebook and Twitter. And and this was before social media marketing became a real big thing. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing workshops and then I started getting consulting clients and social media marketing quickly turned into marketing consulting. And I ended up, when that happened, I ended up leaving my network marketing gig because it never really went anywhere for me in terms of uh, revenue, but I was making money in consulting. And then marketing consulting ended up turning into coaching because um, I noticed that people were, you know, paying me to give them strategy, but they weren't executing. Mm -hmm. And so I started you know, asking questions. And I I started utilizing the tools that I had learned to help me grow myself and my business. And, you know, what I realized one day was that I was coaching people and, and, and it was sort of a mix of mentoring, coaching and strategy, you know? Um, And then I, I ended up moving into the niche of coaching specifically coaches. And that was because what I realized was my true love, which, which it still is my true love is, is the self-help industry is the coaching industry. Like, and and I don't care what uh, genre it is, whether it's love and romance or your health or like life coaching and perspective and seeing things differently or whatever. But I just knew, Oh, like there's, I, when I go into the bookstore, you know, that the bookstore test, like if you got 
three hours and you just go into a bookstore and wander, where do you go? Yeah. And I, I think that's all, that's a good test to go, what are your real interests? Mm -hmm. And mine was always self-help. So mm -hmm. that would be my number one spot that I would go. And then I'd go to cooking and then travel. So, <laughs> and they, those, those three categories make up a large amount of my loves in life. Um, and so when I started coaching coaches, it really took off for me. And I was basically doing a lot of branding and marketing in the beginning. Um, I was not promoting mindset at all, I, but I was doing the work with people, but I, what I was selling was branding and marketing. Mm -hmm. And over the years, it's been six and a half, like oh, I'm almost going into year seven, which I can't believe. Um, but over the years, what happened is it slowly shifted over to mindset being 80% of the work. And the reason is because that's what people really need. Yeah. And it's, it's that simple. Um, uh, you know, it's interesting because I meet so many, uh, so many amazing, smart, savvy, course overloaded entrepreneurs who think they need one more marketing skill or one more sales skill when what they really need is a shift in perspective and some confidence. Yeah. They need their own Tony Robbins moment, right? Well, it's not even that moment because it's what you do after that moment that you yeah. need. What it's, it's most people, like most of the people I'm working with, they actually know what they love. It's trying to make a business out of it. That's the issue and, mm -hmm. and make it profitable. And so what I find is it, it really does come down to it. Like uh, there's this book, it's called grit. And if you haven't read it, I highly yeah. recommend it to listeners. Mm -hmm. And basically grit is before I even read this book, I, knew innately this was the number one skill that differentiated successful entrepreneurs from those who struggle. And I also believe that this also differentiates successful people in any field or whether it's academic or sport or just happiness, whatever. I, yeah. It is grit and grit is the combination of passion and perseverance. And what I think is a lot of people, although they're very passionate they end up giving up on their perseverance because of the self-talk that wears them down over time. Okay. So from what you said, I have so many questions. I even forgot some of them. So. <laughs> Let's hear it. Um, I'm ready. <laughs> so um, you said that you had a real job, um, let's say. And, well, I use air quotes. You were... But you were um, always the entrepreneurial type anyway. So would you say that this entrepreneurial skill, was it, was it innate in you? Did you always have it? Were you always entrepreneurial? Yeah, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. Mm -hmm. Then I found out that even my great grandfathers on both sides were entrepreneurs. I was like, well, it was bound to be. <laughs> uh, okay. So that explains it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think, and I, for me, I've always had this um, desire for freedom. And, and I think in my definition of freedom, it was not, having to do what someone else was telling me to do all the time. And that's just a personal thing um, because freedom is, you can define that however you wish. But I think right. that uh, for me, that was always a piece of it. And so it just so happened that entrepreneurship was the 
the avenue of which I could express that freedom the best. So do you think for, you know, the rest of us people who are not maybe <laughs> that entrepreneurial or maybe, no, I mean, uh, because you work with people who know their passion, who know what they love to do and find it hard to make it a business and a profitable one, as you said. Mm -hmm. So is this entrepreneurial muscle something that we can work on, something that we can develop, even if we didn't have, um, I don't know, an entrepreneurial role model in the family growing up? Yeah, of course it is. I think it's, I think it's like any skill is mm. that um it, it, it's that you can you know it's, you know what's interesting it reminds me of the book mindset and in the book mindset by dr carol dweck she talks about there's two main mindsets the growth mindset and the fixed mindset yeah. that she's done in, in her research mm -hmm. and one of the hallmarks of the fixed mindset is that you shouldn't have to work hard at it. It should be innate. And if it's not innate, then, well, you're probably not going to make it. Yeah. And, you know, I think that for people who believe that, I think that they're going to miss out on some pretty great opportunities for themselves. Because when you look across the board and you study successful people, it's very common. It doesn't matter what industry, it doesn't matter the skill set, like whether it's a very accomplished musician, business person, athlete, what writer, whatever, they all have the same thing in common. And it is that they have that, um, they had the interest. I think you have that, you have to have the interest and the passion. If you don't have that, it's going to be too hard. So that has to go like, it's no good. Mm -hmm. But if you've got that, you, everything is learnable. Everything is learnable. And, and studies have shown across the board that, the, the people who are winning, the highest achievers, they, they are practicing, they are perseverant, and they are doing deliberate practice, as in um, the best, the best uh, analogy I ever heard of this, which is mm -hmm. funny because this is totally me in this area of my life. But the analogy was it was from one of these books. I can't re remember which one, but it was that mm -hmm. if you if you go running, say, every day. So I run. Running is one of my main ways I exercise. But I, I do not run to run race. I yeah. run for me. I run for clarity of mind. I run to feel good. Like I'm not trying to run a marathon by any means. And in the book, they gave an example and they said, you would think if you've been running for a decade or more, which I have almost two decades, that I should be an expert runner. Like technically I should be like the best in the world. I've been doing it for two decades. But the truth is that I have not been deliberately getting better at running. I have not tried to increase my time or shift my diet for it or try to, you know, do sprints and do stairs and do all this stuff, which is what a running athlete would do, right? right? And that's the differentiator point of those who can get better and better and better at something is they are deliberately working on their skills to get faster, mm -hmm. stronger, smarter, but I mean, whatever it is in relation to said skill you're learning. I have <laughs> coincidentally a whole mm -hmm. TEDx talk about that. Oh, so, uh, <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, what were the chances, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And but actually, so for for me, it was more like uh, because the this constant running that I was doing um, mm-hmm. on a on a regular basis was uh, the practice that I needed. I wasn't, a, and I'm still not a professional runner, but the fact that I was running like twice a week for about thirty minutes um, every week mm-hmm. allowed me to then run a half marathon without collapsing mm. or you know losing my consciousness or anything like that um <laughs> and still be able to walk after the, the run was over so that was still good I'm not sure and to this day I cannot think of running a marathon for instance and I still do run mm. um daily uh, not daily weekly mm-hmm. but um I see what you mean with, I mean, having the goal and having that purpose and knowing how to prepare for it uh, will actually make you a professional, right? Or Mm -hmm. make you better Mm -hmm. at that thing that you're trying to do. Correct. And therefore, I do believe the ability to be an entrepreneur is something that can be learned. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, cause you mentioned then that, so even you with this entrepreneurial model growing up and you yourself being an innate entrepreneur, you still struggled, right? <laughs> I mean, I heard you. What kind of a question is that, Roxanne? I don't know. It's just one of the questions I can remember. So, cause you mentioned, uh, a few businesses that you were running and they all somehow led you to this moment right now where you do when you've been doing the the coaching for six to almost seven years now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, correct so what is the um, effect that this has on you because I presume you knew what you were getting into it was your focus at that point to start one business or another and then what happened how how was it for you changing from one to the other so do you mean when I change businesses yes okay well first of all I'm just going to say that unless you've worked in a business you don't actually really know what you're getting yourself into and and I I say this because because it it almost reminds me, I've, t- I've talked about this with many of my entrepreneurial friends and they're all like, yeah, if I really knew what I was in for, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, That's one. Yeah. Because, you know, I think it's like anything. It's sort of, you can romanticize something in your mind. Mm-hmm. I think maybe like you can dream about what is it like to be a parent and really want to be a parent, but in reality, until you get into it, you're just yeah. never really going to know how hard it is. Okay. <laughs> Can we say, like, the first business is the first child, and then <laughs> the more businesses you have, the more relaxed you start to be? <laughs> it's, yeah, I think because, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, uh, one of the best lessons my first business gave me, there were many actually, because failure is truly the greatest teacher, mm-hmm. um, was learning when to leave. I realized that successful entrepreneurs 
know when to drop something and know yeah. when to stay. And, and I stayed a lot longer than I should have because of ego. Okay, so how do you know you stayed a lot longer than you should have? When did you realize that? Well, I think like a uh, not right away. No, that's you know what that that is that is incorrect, Roxana. I knew, <laughs> I knew when I made the decision to move into consulting. I knew mm -hmm. then I had stayed too long, and I think deep down I knew for a long time. I just didn't want to admit it to myself. Okay, so there's the difference between knowing and getting to admit it to yourself, right? Yeah, it, it reminds me of like, I think a lot of people know things about themselves. It's that they won't mm. acknowledge it and say it out loud. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, right. So that was one, knowing, knowing when to quit or knowing when to move. Further. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that's a really good skill in all areas of your life, knowing when to mm -hmm. leave a relationship, knowing when to leave a job, knowing when to, leave, you know, leave, leave if you're traveling, like leave a country and, and move somewhere else, like whatever it is. I mean, I think that that is, um, that, that also, I think is something that comes with a bit of experience and time because you have to trust in your own intuition. Mm -hmm. And is that something that you learn how to do uh, with yourself, trusting your own intuition? Yeah, I think though I've I've been pretty good at it most of my life. I will say that's a mm. that's that's something that I've had innately in me. However, it's definitely something that I consciously cultivate on a regular basis because it is. I mean, that is the mother of all skills, because when you really do listen to yourself, to your highest self, it will always lead you in the right direction every yeah. time, hands down. So do you practice this? How do you practice this? If you do? There, uh, there's a couple of ways. So the first is um, I have practices that will allow me to get into a state of alignment, which is where these ideas come from. And then the second thing, and, and, and some of those, by the way, are just, you know, meditation, exercise, um, focusing on what's working for me, gratitude practices. I mean, none of this is new stuff, everybody, mm -hmm. but it's about getting happy at the end of the day, I think is what it is. Um, right. And so when you can only receive messages from your higher self when you're in alignment if you're out of alignment and you're receiving messages it's likely that it's more from your head and not your heart and your heart space and your your highest self so you kind of got to go understanding where you're at emotionally in the moment and then taking some time maybe you meditate on it maybe you journal on it I mean if, the, if these are small decisions no big I, I wouldn't take as much time bigger decisions I would make sure but ironically usually big decisions like like every time I've made a decision to move like literally move a country or a city it mm -hmm. has been an instinct and in that moment I knew like I just knew mm -hmm. that's mm. interesting I mean and I mean never did did it did it always work out just fine <laughs> well so that you 
you know, because people then start to, oh, okay, so what if I do this? It's the what if question. What if I do this? And then I'm, I'm going to be sorry I did it. Well, I think my, my, um, my philosophy is what's always best for you doesn't mean it's always sunshine and roses. Sometimes the fastest mm-hmm. path to what you want is through a problem. Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't work out the way you imagine it, it doesn't mean it didn't work out well anyway yes because you know i i have a core belief that everything is always working out for me and Mm -hmm. with that core belief i have the ability to move more into solution mode and finding the lesson um because i'm not naive to think that contrast is not going to happen to me and sometimes i think the fastest way to what you want for you to get the thing you actually need to get what you want sometimes it's just through a problem Mm. right and so your highest self will lead you to that problem Mm -hmm. so you Mm -hmm. can get to the solution Uh, I love yeah. this, you know, I love, I love this conversation and it's not going to be, I mean, our time today is not going to be enough. I know it already, but anyway. <laughs> um, so we were at, so you're entrepreneurial, you always trust your intuition and these are two main skills that helped you so far. Mm-hmm. How was it that you learned from your failures so far? How many big failures in business would you say you had well the thing is is it depends on how you define big failures and okay you know I I I mean like I I think back and yeah my first business made negative money um (laughs) if that's a thing you know I like I like how you put that (laughs) negative money yes that's (laughs) Okay, so even there, you still made some money, but it was negative. <laughs> it was just negative <laughs> in the red. <laughs> yeah. Good yep. one. Yep. Yeah. And then, um, <laughs> and then, uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah. I mean, I had launches that sold nothing. Um, I, I mean, I can't even give you a number because anyone mm. who's constantly putting themselves out there knows that this is a never, this is a, whole you're just going to keep going down basically yeah yeah so what was the okay let's put it this way what was the biggest learning that you took from failure up until now well I think it's to not give it weight it it doesn't define you what happens to you doesn't define you and you know the biggest the biggest thing I think I've learned definitely in, in business but also you know in relationships and things like that is and and again, this comes to the coaching that I do with people. This is mm. about, it, to me, it's all about emotional mastery because we are emotional creatures and our, our happiness is, is day to day based on our perception of things. And so I, I've learned that failure is not, it's not like a characteristic. Like you can't say I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. It, it's an incident that happened and, and oftentimes the incident that happened is because there's information you didn't have or didn't know. Like if I think about business and business failures um, and I look back on it, like sometimes 
you know it, but sometimes you really don't and, and you had to learn something or what have you. So I think that's the biggest thing. Like I am not my failures, but I'm not my successes. I'm just me. And you, you can't attack when you, when you attach emotion to that stuff and you took, you put weight to it. Um, you get into a really dangerous territory of living a very conditional life. Mm. So how, but how do you do that? Right. Because you're, as you say, you're, I mean, we're people, we're humans, we're emotional. We take our emotional selves, professional selves, personal selves, pretty much everywhere we go mm -hmm. and with every action that we take. So how do you not give it weight? How do you learn to, to do that? Well, I think this is, this is the quest, isn't mm -hmm. it, of, mm -hmm. of most people. And, you know, the thing that, And it's not that I don't struggle with this stuff at some point uh, ever. I think it's just that I have the tools and the understanding in order to move past it quick, quickly. Mm. And I really think that part of it is you need to, you need to learn how people work, which includes yourself. You need to understand human needs. You need to understand how we make a um, how we make meaning to things. You need to understand how beliefs are formed. You need to understand what your personal definitions of success are. And, 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 and you need to, you need to get to know who you really are. And, and I think that, you know, that's not stuff you all, you learn overnight. Right. Um, right. You know, I've been on this quest for a very long time and, And now I teach it. And so I have, um, I have a bit of experience in this and, and that mm -hmm. gives me the ability to move past it quickly. But I think that ultimately you have to recognize that, um, if you want to learn how to be happy, you got to learn how to be happy. And, and, and really, so what does that mean? It means like, well, what makes you upset? Like get, I think getting more curious yeah. about life, like, Hmm, why does this incident make me upset? What are the thoughts that I am believing about this situation that's making me upset? Why am I triggered? Like this kind of stuff. And you could do a lot of it through self-inquiry, I think. Um, and, and really just like curiosity, I think, is one of the best skills to uh, deliberately uh, build because if you can get curious about things, you can take emotion out of things. Like for example, if I'm with a client and they're upset because you know, this marketing campaign didn't work or this or that, I said, why don't we just, why don't we just take, take yourself out of it? Like look as if you're an onlooker and the, the outcome has, is neither here nor there to you. How would you look at this situation? And oftentimes people are going to look at the situation very differently than when they're they're, they have an attachment to the result. And I think that attachment to results and expectations not being met are very big, very, very big uh, indicators of um, whether or not you're going to be happy. A lot of people who mm -hmm. have exceptionally high expectations of themselves and of others um, tend to get disappointed a lot. And it's not to say you shouldn't hold people to boundaries and high, high, you know, to be tr treated well and all that stuff. It has no, nothing to do with that, but it's about 
learning to be able to, you know, as they say, roll with the punches. (laughs) Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was thinking while you were saying all that, because I don't know, I have the impression, or maybe it's just my impression, but I do have the impression that we live in a constant pressure of, um, and it's exactly that being successful, being happy, being perfect, mm-hmm. um, and as fast as possible, as quickly as possible. And you, um, there's so many, I don't know, videos or ads about people who I don't know make millions or bazillions a year just because they they had this great idea, and it just happened for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think more and more this pressure is adding up for everybody. And we kind of uh, feel that, okay, if, I, if I'm not successful now, then I will never be successful and I will forever be a failure. And it's this difference between I am successful and I'm doing something that might end up being successful that is crucial in in this perception after all at the end of the day yeah and also your definition of success needs a change when your definition of success if mm-hmm. success is something that matters to you um when when your definition of success is is all things that are external to you which includes accolades which includes rank position which includes money in the bank all of those things you are not in 100% control over all of the time, then, you know, you're going to be set up for a life of disappointment and misery because, Mm -hmm. because of the very definition you have of success, because it's not 100% within your control. Okay. So success is something that we should be able to control our success. Um, you know, I, I think it's a mixture. Like, do I feel successful if a client says to me, Oh my God, you've helped me so much. Thank you. Yeah, of course I do. But that can't be the only thing I need to have. I need to have a definition of success as everyone does that at any moment I can feel it. Mm -hmm. And because I think it is a mixture, but it, it's again, it comes back to understanding human needs, right? And gaining significance and certainty and all these needs that we have as human beings on the planet. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's it, it just needs to be something that is a minimum of certain things within your control so that you don't need an outside person or circumstance to mm-hmm. happen in order for you to feel how you want to feel. Yeah, you're totally right. And I think in this culture where, and as you said, people getting for the money, the doers just go ahead and have this image of success um, all focused around the money in the account and uh, numbers and figures and all that. Do you get this question from entrepreneurs who start a business? And if you think about it, a business, in order to be profitable, you need to make positive money, right? Not negative <laughs> money. <laughs> that is correct, <laughs> right? So you sure do. Um, uh, and 
it might not happen in the beginning, right? Because the beginnings yep. are tough usually. So how do mm -hmm. you, as an entrepreneur who's at the beginning of the road and still making negative money or maybe just, I don't know, maybe around neutral or something like that, but not making them, the, not reaching your goals like financially, mm -hmm. what do you, what do you tell them or how do you make them understand this, this mindset and how to change, to make this shift in perception? Well, the first thing is helping them understand who they need to be to get the results that they want. And so I always say to my clients, like, okay, you know, tell me your goal. And they'll, you know, with clients that I work with, most, most of them actually are not looking to become millionaires. They want to make a great living. Like, let's say they want to take, like, take home after revenue, 100, 150 grand a year. Mm -hmm. I mean, I work a lot with coaches. So yeah. yeah. If, right. Okay. So. I go, okay, so that means in revenue, you need to be making, I don't know, 250, 300, depending. I mean, there's so many variables. We can't know the exact number, but that's going to be generally after expenses and taxes and everything. Yeah. Yada, yada, all that stuff. Okay. So let's say that your goal is to make a quarter of a million dollars a year. So you let's, let's put yourself in that driver's seat. You're making a quarter of a million dollars in this case, as a coach, you're, you're sold out. You have a waiting list. Tell me about your life. How do you feel? Who are you being? How do you speak about your business? How do you put it out there? How do you talk to clients? How do you talk to potential clients? How do you ask for the sale? How do you communicate? How do you feel every day about your business? How do you approach problems? How, what happens when that sales page doesn't convert like you thought? Like, how are you going to navigate that? And when, when, when you start asking people questions like mm -hmm. that, and, and then I go, okay, so are you being that way now in your business? And they're like, well, no. And I said, well, that's your problem because you, you got to find a way to be the person who can get the results you're looking for without the results. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the only way to close the gap. And so for those listening, one of my favorite, my favorite, favorite, favorite analogies, um, help people really understand this is business and dating. They're the exact same thing. So what do people who can't seem to find what they're looking for get told all the time? Well, you have to love yourself first. You have to go get happy first, blah, blah, blah. And people are like, well, what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. yeah. And basically what that means is when you, especially if you look at everything from an energetic standpoint is two things. One, you cannot receive something you don't already have. Yeah. So if you want to find a partner who adores you, who lights you up, who is ready to commit to you, you need to love you. You need to light yourself up. You need to be ready to commit to you. And a lot of times people don't really like what, what they're looking back at the mirror in for mm -hmm. a myriad of reasons. And, and so the same thing in business. If you want success, you must first be successful, which is why your definition of success has to be within your control now, not when you're making $250,000 a year, because otherwise you will always struggle. Always. Yeah. It's just going to be hard because if you, how can you build a successful business feeling like a failure? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, It's a process of becoming. Yeah. Right? So you, you need to also give yourself the time 
to do that mm -hmm. and not expect results overnight. Well, this is the expectation piece now, isn't it? And oh, yeah. it's interesting because in we are sold, especially in the coaching industry and internet marketing industry, overnight sensationalism. And yeah. the reality is that no one, I have never met an overnight successful entrepreneur. And it, it's funny because even when it happens to stars, like people will say, whoa, you just came out of nowhere. There was, who was it? Oh, Tiffany Haddish. She had her breakthrough year last year. She's a female com comedian and, and had mm -hmm, her breakthrough mm -hmm. in that movie. I think it was not Bridesmaid. Um, what's the name of that movie? No, no, with no. The, uh, um, they go to Vegas or something. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't remember. With, with Jada Pickett Smith yeah, and exactly. a couple other people. So everybody anyways, do the right. research now. <laughs> yeah. Go do your research. Yeah. But anyways, actually, that movie was really funny. A little crass, but funny. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so she has her breakout role and, you know, her career is basically on fire now. And people think, whoa, my God, this girl, she came out of nowhere. No, she didn't. She's been in clubs since she was 15 performing stand up. Yeah. She's been at it for 20 years or 15 years. I don't know the exact number, but a very long time. She just became a quote unquote overnight success mm -hmm. because she was ready. She became who she needed to be. She had the, she had the practice. She had the skill set. She had her head on right. She was in the, and, and then when all those things come together, right time, right place, it just, you know, came together for her yeah. and and I don't think in all honesty I don't think people like that answer because <laughs> it it means that they have to be patient and and people don't like that and and I always yeah. say to um it's funny because I market very differently than a lot of business coaches mm -hmm. and I know <laughs> yeah, yeah right but it's hard it's hard because because I, I said this, uh, when did I say this? I said this the other day. I think I wrote, oh, I know what it was. I wrote this in a comment. Uh, I have a, a mindset challenge going on right now. Uh -huh. And um, I wrote this in the comment and I was like, see, she was talking about how like the last two years uh, she has been trying to grow her overnight success <laughs> and it's not working out for her. And um, she's taking these courses that tell her this is the formula. Right. And I said to her, you know, it's not that the formulas don't work. It's that it's not, it, it's not sexy from a sales standpoint to go, Hey, buy my course, try my formula 10 to 20 times to get it right. And then it may make you six figures. So like <laughs> the formula that works. Just doesn't sell. The formula works if you try it, you know, often enough. <laughs> often enough and you got to tweak it and you're going to get angry and pissed off yeah. and get frustrated and you're going to have to spend money on this and you're going to do this and that and it's like the truth the real truth doesn't sell yeah that's true exactly. so they sell the this is the six-figure webinar formula yeah. to like change your business and max out clients and and the thing is that it's not that they're lying. It's not that, well, I would hope not. Uh, <laughs> it's not that the formula doesn't work. Yeah. It's that the formula, number one, doesn't work for everyone. Number two, are you, are you the person who can work that formula the way it needs to be worked mm -hmm. in order for it to work? 
And that's the mindset game. Do you have an audience yet? Do you have any copy experience? Do you, like, there's just so many pieces that go into becoming successful in business that it, it almost astounds me yeah. that people think they can be super successful quickly. And without doing too much work. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what dreamland are you living in, people? Like, it just doesn't work <laughs> that way. That's like, that's like wishing for the hot, hot bod without going to the gym. Like, yeah, exactly. You, you can't build muscle without lifting weights. Like, exactly. Just... And not just once a year. I mean, no, it's not no. going to happen. Yeah. But, you know, people, people, people want to believe in the quick fix. And, and while I, I admit that, there are roads you can take to get you there faster for sure. Hiring coaches, doing those programs, you know, going to events, hanging out with people who are more successful than you. Absolutely. And I think people should do those things because it will shorten your learning curve. Yeah. But no matter what happens, you will always have a learning curve. I, I know what you're saying because again, I, I, known you for a while now and it makes perfect sense to me um and actually i was thinking that you know meeting you and talking to you at some point um i think we were discussing about um entrepreneurship and this this whole thing being a process and then looking looking back and thinking about my own business and what i'm doing I found myself having to say, well, Jennifer is right. <laughs> and you know what? I felt good about it because I was thinking, hey, so she's perfectly right because you're, I mean, this is a process and you need to give yourself the time. It's not going to happen. And I think at that point you used the example with, you know what, you, if you want to be a student and enroll in, in a diploma program in university mm -hmm. or a college you will not be able to graduate overnight no. it's gonna take those years for you to be able to be a graduate yes. and you know it took for me that discussion with you um helped me um somehow refocus my my goal and my my whole expectation about what needs to happen now mm. um, as opposed to what I want to be happening in my business every step of the way. Mm. That's powerful. Yeah, it is powerful. And thank you. You're you welcome. were, you know, <laughs> a big contributor to that, but it's, um, so again, as you just to back what you were saying, because it takes a lot of discussions, a lot of working with yourself and with other people and networking and just, you know, basically just talking to people who are more experienced than you. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole lot of learning that that, that happens. But it, I think it also needs to reach a critical mass. That's, um, that is a great word critical mass yeah and you know one of the things that i i think is another a really good analogy to get to that critical mass so this is how mindset actually plays back into it is in order to get to the critical mass 
so picture driving on a highway, like a long, long highway, like you got miles and miles and miles and miles ahead of you. And so people get in the car and des- destination success, right? That's destination. That's yeah. where they're en route. And the fastest path to success is to get in the car, put it on cruise control at the highest, safest speed and let it go. Yeah. What, what most people don't realize is, especially entrepreneurs trying to grow a business is that like you can put it on cruise control, but then you got to pull over cause you get hungry or someone's got to use the bathroom or the car breaks down or there's traffic jam or yeah. like, you know, or like you, you like a whole bunch of things. And then like you end up camping out on the side for a night and then you got to do a U-turn and this and that. And it's like, I, I love this analogy because people can almost picture it in their car and they're like, all right, that is the fastest path. But the reality is that there are so many pit stops along the way and things that are going to slow you down. Like I think about one time when I was in New Zealand driving and there was this, just a bunch of sheep on the road. And it's like, you just can't go anywhere because these sheep are yeah. on the road. Like, <laughs> what are you going to do? You can't fly over them. Um, exactly. Right? And they're not going to care that you scream or anything. Oh God, no. They're like, la, la, yeah. la, whatever. I mean, you yeah. could be there for hours, really. Yeah. You can't drive through them either. Like, it's just, it's hilarious. So anyways, and and I think that, what most people, and this is like not wanting to acknowledge, but, but you need to acknowledge it because when you realize, oh yeah, yeah. Like what I need is momentum. Like what the, so the goal of getting in the car and getting on autopilot is momentum, like momentum because what happens is when you, you know, you speed up a little bit, but then you slow down, you speed up a little bit, two steps forward, one step back, two steps up, two steps up, uh, uh, two steps back. Like what happens is in entrepreneurship and in anything you're trying to achieve, you need momentum. So what you need to learn, like how do you speed up the process of getting to the success, whatever that means to you is, is you've got to figure out how to stop losing momentum, or at least when you lose momentum, how do you get back into momentum quickly? And that's the piece of emotional mastery because the thing that loses people momentum is their emotional space. Mm-hmm. that's that's the thing that kills people and that's a mindset thing and that is that comes down to your rules and values that comes down to your perspective that comes down to your definition so for example when you have a failure someone who believes failure in his event and is separate from them is going to move past that failure very quickly versus someone who believes they are a failure yeah Exactly. Right. Um, yeah. And this is um, one thing that I, for instance, that I do when I talk to people about feedback is the difference between telling somebody you're wrong or you did something that we here just don't do. These are the rules. Mm. And it's, it's different because you are never wrong as a person. I mean, you know, you, you cannot be wrong. You're always, I mean, as a human being, you're not yourself mm-hmm. wrong. It's not, no, it's not to do with who you are and how you are. It's something that you did that wasn't fit with what needed to happen. 
I'm with you. And you know, what's interesting is, and it depends on where you do it. So for example, if you're mm -hmm. late for a meeting in North America, that's not good. If you're late for a meeting in South America, probably not so bad. Ah, yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's um yeah it I think it's also how we how we hear people talking around us and all of those ideas that we have um, you know just and we don't think about it we don't think about how we know what we know most of the time yeah and why yeah. we speak how we speak most of the time yeah because we just do it cuz it's the custom mm -hmm. everybody does that mm -hmm. so um yeah it's um say is just having to know your get to know yourself a little bit better um and that's no easy exercise is it well i think you just have to kind of go into it with an open mind and yeah. curiosity and let curiosity lead you and instead of judging what comes up try to be that outside observer it's what they teach in meditation right mm -hmm. don't judge mm -hmm. your thoughts watch your thoughts and that is a practice skill, man, because that is what I still work on. Like, it's not easy when you're used to thinking all the time and you're, you know, to be able to detach like that. And so, again, you have to move into that space with no expectation. Yeah. And for overachieving people, which most entrepreneurs are, that can be the most difficult of all to move into something and not mm. have the expectation. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's one of the <laughs> toughest things to do. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is that, you know, oftentimes if we can let go of the how and let go of timelines and let go of how things have to be, then life gives you give you give life room to surprise and delight you. Mhm. Mm Instead of just uh waiting for things to happen so that you're you're happy at some point in the future, but just not now because things haven't happened yet. Well, yes. And also things don't have to happen the way you think they do. And, you know, mm -hmm. people seem to be able to make peace with this when it comes to how they meet a partner. They seem to understand like, oh, you can never really know how you're going to meet the next important person in your life. But the thing is, people think they can formulate success because, you know, well, you do this thing and you get this result. But in reality, yeah. that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's all, it's life, right? It's not mm -hmm. a recording. So it's, it can be so many factors. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I, I have this client. Oh, my God, I just love her so much. And she has worked with one of the world's best internet marketers today. Mm -hmm. um, and she still couldn't make it work. And many people told her, I, I, we don't think you have a marketing problem. We think you have a mindset problem. <laughs> and, and when I, I ended up having a call with her um, and it was supposed to be a strategy call. Cause I, I still do teach strategy in marketing. Yeah. And, um, when I read her intake form, I just said to her, I, first thing I said to her, and she was a, basically a stranger to me. I, I didn't know her. Mm -hmm. I just said, you don't have a strategy problem. You have a mindset problem. She goes, people keep telling me that. I don't know what that means. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, let me tell you, let me tell you. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. So 
what's great is from that call, she was able to understand more and, and now we're working together in a longer term capacity. And now what has happened because, you know, you meet week after week after week and it's like peeling an onion layer, 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 mm-hmm. layer. And now she's beginning to see, oh, like, this is why it wasn't working. And I, I couldn't see it from this perspective because I was in this other perspective. And, and if I had been here, then that would have happened. And, mm-hmm. and this, 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 this is where, and so one of the things that I think is important to understand is, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a reality that you need to realize that if you don't have something in your life right now that you want, it's because you're not ready for it. Mm-hmm. And not ready for it could mean a various things. It could mean you don't have the skills for it. It could mean you don't have the emotional capacity for it. It could mean, uh, I mean, anything. Not anything. ready for yeah. it means anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only thing you can do is go, okay, well, what's the next logical step? Yeah. To get myself ready. To get myself ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my mentors says, you got to get ready to be ready to be ready. And yeah. I'm like, eh, that's so true. <laughs> no, but you're right. And I think, cause you mentioned, uh, you don't know what you don't know. And actually yeah. one of the questions that uh, I like to ask in the coaching sessions is, okay, what, what don't you know? And it's uh, it's a good question because it gets people thinking mm-hmm. and it opens up various possibilities. And just, just thinking about stuff that you might not know, um, at least the least it does is makes you aware that there's so many things you don't know. Yeah. yeah. And there's so many things you cannot prepare for, no matter how much you prepare. Mm-hmm. but if you you know and if you if you know if you know that you at least are able to take as you said the next logical step and then be curious enough to see what happens instead of expecting that big thing to happen yeah and then I think too when life inevitably throws you a curveball you're not expecting if you have, if you know who you are and you, you've chosen to live on purpose. And when I say that, I mean, you've chosen to define what matters to you and what beliefs you hold and what you value. And you are very clear and you are living that kind of purposeful life. Then when things inevitably go wrong, or you get that curveball, you get the it might be a diagnosis. It might be someone's sick. It might be someone's past. It might be your bank account took a dive. It could be a, an ending of an important relationship. All these things that we can't predict per se, um, you are better equipped to handle yeah, them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I told you we won't have enough time. <laughs> my god how fast time goes yeah but i don't want to let you go before i ask you for a thought of wisdom for the end of our conversation so it can be anything that inspires you and that you want to share with our audience today you know i uh 
one of the things that has been inspiring me lately, there was one thing that my, um, my previous business coach said to me when I was going through a difficult time at work and I, in my business. And I thought, mm-hmm. um, it was very, it was very wise. And she said to me, Jennifer, a bad quarter doesn't make a bad entrepreneur. <laughs> and neither does a bad year. Not that I was having a bad year, thank God, but it can happen. It can happen. And, and, you know, it speaks to many things, which in my mind, it speaks to number one, failure is an event outside of you. It is not yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And two, that, you know, when you're, especially if you're building a business, you have to be in it for the long haul. You can't look at the minutia of quarters or years. Like when you look at long-term businesses, businesses that have been in business for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, hundred years, like it's not all sunshine and roses for those hundred years. Yeah. Even once things get good, Hey, there's disruptions in the marketplace. New mm-hmm. competitors come, new technology, new people, new this, new that. And there's always, you know, you, you, winter is coming right? Winter is coming. (laughs) Right. And you got to prepare, like, you know, save those nuts. Right. And like, (laughs) and, and, and prepare. And, and yeah. And and when she said that to me, she said that to me at a time when I really needed to hear that. And I really, um, I think that's why it impacted me so deeply because it's not that I, well, like I said, you know, while I am very good at this stuff, I'm also human and I have to practice it. And I, you know, you can go there. It's easy to go there when things are difficult. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. uh, yeah. And it takes, sometimes it takes just that hearing something like that when Mm. you need to hear it. Oh, I mean, it's, it's like, it's, it's almost like magic, but to me, that's, that's alignment. And that comes back to that space of when you can come back to yourself, everything you need will come to you. And that sometimes that thing you need is the, that one quote or that, that reminder or that rainbow in the sky. Like sometimes it is those little things that just Mm -hmm. move you to move you to the next level. And, and Yeah. um, yeah, being open to it is what matters. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So it was, I loved it. A bad quarter doesn't mean a bad entrepreneur. No. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that, Jennifer. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for sharing all your thoughts and for being here. And thank you for that laughter of yours. (laughs) I love it. I told you I love it. I told you I just need your voice and your laughter. And your thoughts, obviously. But that. Well, thank you, Roxana. It's been wonderful. And you're right. I could talk about this stuff for hours, but you know, know. people got things to do. So there you go. So if people want to get in touch with you, they will have to read the description and get in touch with you for more talking to Jennifer. (laughs) For sure. Thanks a lot. Thank you. And thank you again for tuning in to the All Personal Podcast. This conversation today reassured me that, yes, when we have our mindset, we can create that habit that we need to push us forward in our journey. We can go beyond the usual excuse, yes, but I'm just not good at that, without even trying. 
or maybe without trying more than just once before giving up. I've learned that entrepreneurship is a skill that can be learned, same as any other. Yes, even if you're not born into a family of entrepreneurs. That even intuition is a skill that we can work on. That the results we're getting are very much up to us. And that, well, failure is not only human, but also relative and a powerful teacher. So I leave you with Jennifer's inspirational quote, a bad quarter doesn't make a bad entrepreneur. I'd just add, a bad day doesn't make a bad person for that matter. Until next time, goodbye. And of course, please make it all personal.